Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Not getting enough Triple M footy? Or did you miss something and need to go back and have another listen? Get the Triple M NRL podcast. It's available right now on the Triple M NRL app. Sunday, a day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh, no, he drops the ball. Just as long as I'm here in your arms, I could be in no better place. I've got to respect the ball. You're simply the best. Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league. Woo! Oh, you've got to love your rugby league. Two, three, four. With you on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome to the Triple M Sunday Simbi. Yeah, very good afternoon. Welcome right across the Triple M network, wherever you are in Australia listening. It's NRL finals time. We've got you covered on the Sunday Simbi. And thanks to our sponsors and friends at Bryden's Lawyers, 1 800 848 848. And good to see the guys and girls from Bryden's at the footy last night. Uh, Raiders 22, Roosters 18. Roosters gone. Souths 38, Parramatta 24. Parramatta gone. Next week, Storm take on the Raiders. On Friday, Saturday, it's the Rabbitohs and the Panthers. Both games start at 7.50. Coming up very shortly, we'll speak to speak to uh, Damian Cook from the Rabbitohs' victory last night. Plenty of rugby league news around. We'll get to it all for Bryden's lawyers in the course of the afternoon. From NRL 360, our favourite rugby league show, it's Paul Kent. Hello, Kenty. Hello, Anthony. Good oh, afternoon. Good weekend of footy? It's been a great weekend of mm. footy. It's been a great final series. You generally get a little bit concerned when you see the score lines, but when you actually watch the games, uh, it's just good footy. Yeah, there's lots and lots of great tries across the weekend. Uh, Hoops, I know you've enjoyed it, mate. You've uh, been making the most of it. Outstanding weekend, hasn't it, mm. Anthony? Friday night, uh, cracking grand final rematch. And then last night, I noticed you had an extra little spring in your Havianas this morning yeah. because glory, glory to South Sydney. Mm. Uh, the Bunnies, what an epic game that was Wasn't against the Eels. Mm. Yeah. Real turning point there when that ball bounced off the upright, but we'll talk about that very shortly. Well, boys, you know what they say? When the Titans are travelling well, the NRL's travelling well, and they finished <laughs> off the season with five wins. And here is their ambassador, an all-round good guy, Uncle Festa, Gordon Tallis. Good afternoon, guys. I'm, mate, I'm on time. Yeah. How, mate, how, how good is it? Oh, that's great. It's not that hard, is it? Did, did no, you fluke it? or? Yeah, I sort of fluked it, but what a great weekend of rugby league. Like, it's, it's just absolutely outstanding. Um, if you're a fan of the game and your team's not in it, you're just enjoying the game just as much as someone that's going there watching South Sydney. But the COVID crowd last night in New South Wales, it was amazing. The power in South fans, they were right into it. It was just, it was just great to watch and the Raiders were... We're outstanding too. Yeah. And we're looking at 40,000 for the grand final, which is such a result. We'll call that game for you here on Triple M NRL. But, boys, let's look at that game last night. South's got 38 points to Parramatta 24. We'll get to Parramatta, but let's start with the winners, the Bunnies. So last couple of weeks, they've absolutely poured on the points. They put 40-plus on Newcastle, 38 Parramatta, uh, and obviously a big win over the Roosters the week before. The problem is, Hoops, as I see it, is that the Rabbitohs are, you know, letting teams start getting away to a couple of tries, a couple of converted tries. We've seen a bit of a pattern of that in a few of the games, and I think that would be a worry for Rabbitohs fans moving into Panthers. Watching the post-game interviews last night, you heard Adam Reynolds and Katie Walker, and both immediately pointed to the fact that they weren't entirely happy uh, with their defence. Look, in terms of their attack, uh, they are on fire. You know, It's way in excess of uh, 150 points that they've now put on uh, over the course of the last three weeks. Um, but certainly uh, Wayne Bennett will be wanting to try and tidy up uh, their defensive efforts and, and ensuring that they're ready to go against Penrith. Yeah, and uh, Paul, the Rabbitohs last night, it was, um, you know, it's, a, it's those players we've come to rely on, the Damian Cooks and the Adam Reynolds, but then the Bunnies have had to bring into a, a couple of kids that are, that are playing well too. Obviously, um, a Corey Allen and little Jackson Paulo on the wing got a couple of tries last night as well. Yeah, I think Corey Allen's been a real revelation. Look, there's no doubt he's had talent. We all remember he, he got picked in the, the Prime Minister's 13 before he'd even played an NRL game, which was an indication of his talent. That happened a couple of years ago. But he's coming to this Rabbitohs side, and I, I've been really impressed by how mature he's been, the way he's played. Uh, and uh, there's, he doesn't rush, he doesn't panic. Uh, you don't you don't look at him and think he's nervous or he's a young player trying to find his way. He just he just goes out and fits in. He, and 
Yeah, I know that the Rabbitohs are starting to open up negotiations now with Latrell Mitchell about extending his deal. But uh, again, you, he, he might need to be a little bit careful about his negotiation there because Corey Allen is 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 such a talent coming through, and comparatively, I think uh, he's the better buy. Interesting point with Allen, he's off contract, so if clubs can come in and start tabling offers from November the 1st. But you're right, Kenny, he's a he's a different style of fullback to Luttrell, yeah. isn't he? He's more of your traditional support playing and loves to get in and, and have an early carry of the ball, yeah. uh, whereas Luttrell's got those more subtle, silky touches on the edges. But I think that'll come out, Alan, as he, as he matures as a footballer. Like, he's still a young man. He's still learning the game and he's still finding his way. At the moment, he's very much a role player, within the team, uh, so the, the the team is dictated by the, the other players in the spine, Reynolds, Walker and, and, and Cook. But Allen, if he stays at fullback, and look, unlikely next year once Latrell returns, but at some point he's going to end up a fullback. He's not going to be a winger or a, a centre or anything like that. He's going, to, he's going to end up as a fullback. So at some point uh, when he's able to start having, I, I suppose, more input into the, the spine uh, and, and uh, the way the team is o- operated, I, I think he's got, it's going to be the real coming of age for him. Jeezy mm. came up with some great saves last night on some of those Mitchell Moses high kicks, those yeah. bombs. He was yeah. soaring them into orbit. And uh, his positional awareness, it was first class. They're an interesting side at the moment because they've had two good weeks, but in both games they've, they've spotted start and they've come back. And, I, and I, I tend to think they did it against two teams that lost composure defensively. Now, I don't know whether Penrith will do that. Penrith, really? certainly if Penrith do, they won't do it for as long a period as what Parramatta and Newcastle have done the past two weeks. So, so if, as, as happy as you would be if you're a South Sydney fan, they need, to, they need to go up another level, I think, next week against the Panthers if there's yeah. going to be a chance of winning the game. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's a typical Wayne Bennett type of game plan where you came, come out, boys, let's just get through our five sets. I can just hear him now. Get through the five to ten sets. Do not make a mistake. Let's get into the game. But if the other side's so up and Parramatta had to find some sort of fake confidence. Mm. So if a side comes out and they're, you know, come out of the blocks, you know, looking for a knockout, you know, you can fall behind on the scoreboard. But I think South's just knowing that they've got an 80-minute performance. They've got a lot of points in them. Let's just grind our way into the game and earn the right. Mm. But they've got to start a little bit quicker. Yeah, I was out and about this morning. I live in Rabbitohs territory, obviously, yeah. boys. And you know, Man, I heard of... you're wearing your thongs out. Yeah, I was wearing my thongs out. What's yeah, what? oh, oh, yeah, I was. Yeah, and I had my man thong on too. I was down at Yarra yes, Bay with the man thong on. Mate, were you down the Do beach? You go down to little Congy. Yeah, yeah they, man, they call that. me Sandy Cheeks. So when I'm down there, they call me. <laughs> when I'm down there in my. Uh, that's my nickname to the locals, <laughs> Sandy Cheeks. That boy, they spotted you down there. But what's that, Gordy? Yeah, so one of my mates said that he spotted you down yeah. there, just hiding in the bushes. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what he was. I saw that. Was he that guy standing near the men's? That was you. Yeah, I saw him. <laughs> now, guys, um, in the Fair Income Department, a lot of Rabbitoh supporters will be picked, quick to point out um, if we look at the last eight, nine seasons of the Bunnies, a prelim in 2012, 13, 14, 14, obviously they won the Premiership. 18, 19, another prelim in 2020. So it's two ways you can look at it. It's a very successful club to be in the prelim six of nine years. This is a game you've got to win, though, to make it to the big dance. Well, Bennett spoke about that after the game and about how he's put a different preparation into them this year. In previous seasons, he's seen them get to the finals uh, going well but fall a bit flat. And so this year, he, he's, he's tried to, to keep a little bit of work out of them, keep the legs fresh and try and come in with more of an upward swing. It's something we talk about here on the show, a bit about coming into the finals on an upward swing. I think South are really doing that. They are. Let's remember, three weeks ago, they got rolled by Canterbury. Mm. So they're all, they are going okay. They're a confidence team more than any team in the NRL. I think the Rabbitohs are a confidence team, but they have confidence at the moment. So they're just going out, ha- having a crack, and they're, defensively they're absorbing what the opposition does, and they don't panic if there's a try scored against them. They don't even panic if there's two tries scored against them, and they go out and they know they've got the points in them to peg that back. So they're in a really good. I think they're in a great frame of mind at the moment. The Rabbitohs at eighteen to eight, it was their big game. Players, Kenty, it was Adam Reynolds, it was Damien Cook, it was Walker, who all really took it upon themselves to try and grab the contest by the scruff of the neck and, and make a difference, come up with the, the big play to get their team back into proceedings. But just on Wayne's comments out of last night, I, I thought it was really interesting that um, it was a bit of a veiled backhand at Parramatta and the fact that 
you know, the theory's been around for a while that the yields during that COVID break really worked hard, you know, so they mm. trained really hard. And remember when they came out of that break, yeah. they produced a couple of phenomenal performances against some of the other competition heavyweights that had everybody saying that mm. they were the real deal, but they have since plateaued and, yeah. uh, you know, it, it happened on, on the big stage again last night. Boys, I'll yeah, interrupt. That could have been the management through round 10 to, or through round 8 to round 16. That could have been the management of that, of you know, like of lightening up their legs because you needed to train hard through COVID because, you know, you needed to get off to a good start. You know, I'm in a shortened season, so I probably don't blame them, um, blame them for that, but they had to rest and you know, try to refresh the players as much as possible going into the finals. Okay, good, well said, Gordy. Well, what we'll do is we'll uh, got a call on the phone here that we've been waiting on. It's the great Damien Cook of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, number nine, who had an absolute blinder last night at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, Damien Cook, welcome to Sunday Triple M NRL. Afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, congratulations on your game, your personal performance last night. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I think, yeah, it was a team and uh, we got ourselves in that position where we were a bit behind and uh, credit to Parramatta, they, uh, they played a really, really tough game, hard game, uh, you know, last night and got out to a bit of a lead and we had to weather that storm a little bit before, you know, coming out of the top of them in the second half. Cookie, you're falling behind now in, in both finals games and we were talking moments ago saying that in, in both instances, there was no panic in the Rabbitohs. When, when you get to that point in the game, what's the, the talk like behind the try line and then as you get back into your next sets? Yeah, the most positive thing, especially in the first two finals games, is when we've, when we've been behind. It's been very calm behind the try line. Uh, we understand if we hold the ball that we, we've got the points in us and uh, we've got a lot of belief in that and their halves will, will get the job done, which they've been doing. So for us, we, we just can't be you know, giving away... Uh, knock on to their own area or where last night it was uh, giving them easy leg ups out of their own end with, you know, six against or penalties in their yardage set. So mm. uh, for us, that's a big work on. And, you know, last night, just a little bit of lapse for about 15 minutes there. You know, Gutho, to his credit, uh, you know, he was, killed us and he put on, you know, hand in two tries and scored one himself. So, uh, but, you know, there was no panic behind the try line, uh, which, is a, which is a good sign for us. Hey, Cookie, you know the first try you set up when you put a kick through? Yes. Did you try to cricket uh, with your right foot or your left foot? No, I hit the left foot down that way. <laughs> Did you? It was, okay, a little, it was a subtle little nudge, wasn't it, Gordon? Yeah. yeah. But it, it was, was a great little uh, kick. I think it was the, the big junior Paulo in front of me probably spooked me a little bit. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> I knew I was getting probably taken out straight after it. So um, I, I thought a bit of space. I was almost trying to kick for myself, but he, uh, he obviously got himself in a composition. But uh, the boys running through uh, made a... And I'll take kicking to a good one. Damien, you can see at the moment there's obviously so much confidence in the side when you've got the football and you're attacking. But defensively, uh, I noted last night in some of the post-game interviews, Adam Reynolds and both Cody Walker pointed out the fact that they think you need to tighten up in that area. Where do you feel as though uh, you need to try and fix up that element of your game? Uh, in defence, uh, like I said before, the We've got to tighten up around the markers and A's uh, and B's. Just, last night, they got great leg speed through the middle, Parramatta, and that's probably where they caused a lot of damage for us. And we just need to sort of tighten up and, and worry about that part before worrying about what the outside backs are going to do. So uh, for us, we've got to make sure we do a good job in the middle, uh, which allows our edges to do uh, to do what they need to do in defence. But, you know, it all starts uh, as a pack and make sure we win the ruck because like we seen last night, we, they, they had a couple of carries and then you saw Nathan Brown come off the back fence and with his leg speed, it was, it was causing a bit of trouble. So that's something we'll we'll look on this week to, to work on because, uh, you know, Penner for playing with a lot of confidence. they got a good, great pack, uh, you know, leading with Fisher-Harris. Because the problem is too, mate, uh, obviously the deeper into the competition you get, the less you can uh, afford or take the chance of allowing your opposition to get away for a, uh, an early lead and, and try and peg them back from there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what Wayne's been saying to us lately too is, you know, we got away with it uh, in Newcastle, they got out to a lead and we uh, managed to get back into the game and again last night, but he said the deeper you go into these finals, uh, it's not going to be like that, you know, so you, you give up that kind of lead. We've got teams, you've got halfbacks like, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary, you give him any sort of lead, he's, he's playing so well that he's just, you know, kicking teams out of the game and controlling the game really well. So, you know, especially against Penrith, there's a reason why they've been the top team all year. It's a reason why they haven't lost any games because... You know, if they get to that lead, they hold it and uh, they know how to close out a game. So we're going to make sure we're on next week and we can't be getting up easy points. 
Yeah, certainly sets up for a cracking clash next Saturday night. Uh, I want to ask you about Junior Paulo. You touched on him moments ago. Gee, he had a, a while of a game for the Eels last night, and he, he's been doing it for, for most of the season. The Blues will add further names to that extended squad uh, later on this afternoon. Are you expecting that Junior will be amongst that group, Damien? Yeah, Junior's been outstanding this year, uh, and last night he was as well. They they use him so well, and as a front rower, the way he gets down to short size and actually playing a bit of shape as well, mm. and you know because of the big body, and the footwork he's got on him too. Some of the, uh, what he did last night, it's just I don't know how someone's not meant to move like that at that size. So, <laughs> um, and the way you know what they do, he, he knows when to offload at the right times. He knows when to go into the line and look for that offload, and uh, obviously they scored uh, two or three tries off him doing that last night as well. So uh, the Blues would definitely uh, benefit someone like that in, in their team. And, uh, if he gets a shot, I'm sure he wouldn't let, let that jersey down and he's definitely earned it. How, how do you go at the moment thinking about Origin while you're still in the middle of a finals campaign? Oh, mate, to be honest, it's been quite easy to put to the back of your mind. And if that, that good thing about Origin, if you get picked and you get that chance to wear that jersey again, it's after the season. And I think for us... Um, been to two prelims in a row at South. Uh, we're really hungry to go on to that next step and, and get the job done. We really feel we, we've got a lot of belief in this team. Uh, I think hopefully it's shown in the performances how calm we've stayed uh, when we've been behind in the last two games as well and been able to fit, get the results. So there's a lot of belief here, mate. And I think the focus of you know winning the Premiership, uh, which I haven't been able to do, uh, there's only a couple of us in the team that have and uh, there's a lot of us that really, really want to get that job done. So it's been easy to do that. What is... What has Wayne's focus been the last six weeks to get you guys mentally right for this finals campaign? Has he changed at all? No, he hasn't. He's obviously uh, been very calm and relaxed. He, uh, as you know, he's very good around this time of year. But yep. there's something about Wayne. Whenever you just uh, when you're talking to him individually or as a team, uh, you always walk away uh, feeling more confident in yourself and, and a lot of belief too. And he hasn't changed much. He's just told us that you know. These are your worst enemies uh, this year, you know, and I believe, you know, there's been a couple of games where we've been fairly beaten by the other side, but then there's been other games where we just let ourselves down with, with errors, especially when we first come back from the COVID break. Uh, you know, silly errors or letting them out of their own end with six agains or penalties in yardage, just things that hurt hurt us. And the more we get out of that game and, and hold on to the ball, we know we get the job done. So what's the key to beating Penrith? Key to beating Penrith? Uh, we didn't get the job done last time, but uh, like we did, what we did to them, like we dropped a lot of ball. That's probably one of our worst games uh, of the year, I think. Uh, I was at a, uh, we were at Cogra there. Um, we gave a lot of penalties away, and uh, we just we just didn't defend our mistakes. So it is going to happen. Wayne talks about that. You're going to have mistakes. You've just got to learn to defend them. But for us, we can't do what we've done the last two weeks and just give off, uh, you know, fast starts to teams and allow them to score those points because, like I said, Mace, um, you know, best player in the comp at the moment and, you know, he's just he'll kick the game if we, if we give him the leg up and the confidence and, uh, you know, he's been controlling the game all year so we can't, can't let him get in that position. Cookie, how's the body? There was a period last night and obviously all players are playing with injuries at this stage of the season but you, you looked as though you a little bit ginger at a couple of points there. Yeah, a little bit, mate. But yeah, like you said, everyone uh, who's in the competition still at the moment playing with knocks, bumps and bruises everywhere. It's just been the year it's been. And, uh, you know, we're almost at the end. But it's just about looking after them as best you can at the moment. You know, it's just uh, that's what it, I guess finals is, is uh, who's, who's survival the fittest and who's uh, the strongest at the end of the day. So uh, for me, you know, Personally, it's uh, it's nothing you know structural like structural or anything with the knee and anything. It's uh, it's fine. It's just more of an annoying sort of annoying sort of thing. But uh, you know, I'll be fine to train come Tuesday and get on for the, getting ready for the prelim. Hey, Cookie, there was I thought last night you blokes you up by two. I think it was twenty to eighteen, and you looked like you were starting to get the better of Para. But then they got that penalty from virtually right in front. And the penalty gold, it ricochets off the upright at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And then you blokes pick it up and almost score off that play. I made, I have never seen, I mean, I've never seen that happen off a, a ball that ricocheted from the post. And that was a real, I think that was the end of Parra when that happened. Yeah, look, we, we always stand there ready to make sure, even if Renault's kicking a goal or, you know, the opposition's kicking a penalty goal, you, you never know if someone's going to... Um if the ball's going to bounce off the upright, you never really see it happen. But mate, Jackson Polo, young kid in his first year, uh, the confidence to chase that and win the battle to get to the ball and, and make that 
bit of a breakdown field, um, you know, that really swung the momentum back into our favour there. And uh, we obviously went on with that as well. But, yeah, that, that was a big part of the game, yeah. Good on you, mate. Well, listen, I've just got a text through from uh, Shannon Donato who says, to uh, go to da- tomorrow, just call into the merchandise area. He's going to give you a dozen of those really expensive bomber jackets. Take them down to Helensburg and give them away in the Centennial Hotel. Is that okay? Oh, sounds good to me, mate. He's always good. He's always happy to give out free stuff. Yeah, he's a very, very generous <laughs> human being. Good on you, Damo. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Good on you, mate. There he is, Damien Cook, joining us on the Sunday Sinbin. We do it thanks to our mates at Bryden's Lawyers, protecting your future and... Uh, Boys, just to wrap that up quickly, Kenty, you touched on it there with Damien Cook. You know, in the Fairdingham department, they're not going to let Penrith get away to 12 or 14 or 16 and then wind them in. No, I don't think they can. I think Penrith are a different uh, concept when it comes to that. I think mostly because Penrith are a side, uh, they're they're playing more consistent football, but they're also a high-energy side, so they they can actually match the Rabbitohs in that area. I think that's the one area in the that the Rabbitohs have had the advantage over their rivals is that they play with such energy. But if you're picking one other team in the NRL that, that would match the Rabbitohs for, the, for energy, it's Penrith. You know, and I think, look, I think that the, the Rabbitohs have got to really be on song. Like, everything that Wayne's been putting in place for the last six, eight weeks, the way he's, he's a, you know, his instructions have changed, the way he's, his mood's changed. He's, he's, he, you can see, I've seen Wayne do this, Many, many times before. And, and when he gets a sense that there's a premiership, that there's a chance, this change comes over him. And uh, he's getting them in the right state of mind. All this talk about, guys, you're beating yourself, you're going to make mistakes. He knows that they need to be relaxed. He knows that they need to not be discouraged when things happen against them. And that's all he's putting in place because there's such strike power within the team that if they get going and the passes begin to stick and they then can then defend the mistakes, that's when this South Sydney side's capable of anything. And that's that's all Wayne is doing is is mentally putting in the reminders so when stuff happens on the field, they're not new to it. Mm. Yeah, South aren't far away. I'll tell you what Wayne Bennett's going to do all week is they had six minutes of madness. I think from minute 24 to 30, Parramatta scored those three tries, Gutherson and then I think Jennings and then Gutho. But other than that, they handled them. They, yes. they, so Bennett's, for 74 minutes of that game, South were always in control. That's what Wayne would like against Penrith. You know, you've got to be in control for 80 minutes of your performance and if they can do that, well, yeah, that's the key. Was interesting, That's a big challenge, Cordy. In his post-game press conference last night, he was asked about the Panthers, and Wayne said that he hadn't um, seen a whole lot of them this year. But specifically, uh, they played them in in round seven, and mm. as Damien uh, mentioned earlier, you know, South it was a pretty poor performance from them that night, and the Panthers. One, but you could see Wayne trying to put self-belief in his team because he said the South Sydney side of round seven is a totally different side yeah. to the South Sydney side. That and he hasn't watched the side that's on top of the table. And he hasn't watched the side that's on top of the table. I haven't seen too much of the team that's winning. Boys, I got that audio from the press conference last night. Here is Wayne Bennett. What were your thoughts, Wayne, especially that second half? Hello, yeah, well, lots of thoughts. Which one would you like to hear? The good ones. Oh, look, there's a lot of good. Um, I just, I thought, you know, it's probably our game for 60 minutes, probably 15, 20-minute period there, maybe not that long. That first half where they picked up their three tries, we played pretty well up until then, and just before half-time, we had eight or nine minutes to go before half-time when they scored their third try and we got back into the game. We didn't score, but we were looking like we could do something. We only scored in half-time, and then we came out in the second half and scored early in the first 10 minutes there, and... You know, we still have to fight for it, but the bottom line was I think it was the only time we were kind of challenged. There was a couple of times on the try line there, but we held good there and they scored a late try, but that was manageable. There's a bit of that spirit this team, doesn't it? Wayne, two weeks in a row, 10 points down in a finals match and you get through both? Yeah, well, the good thing about that, they don't know when they're beaten this, this mob. Is that something that's been there all year, do you think, Wayne, or have they thrown into that? No, it hasn't been there all year. Um, that, that spirit has been. I mean, they've had that when I came here. Pretty good attitude that way, but you know they built on it through the season. And when we had the break for Covis there, um, you know sometimes trained really hard and blocked their players. We, we went in that category. We didn't do that um, because I wasn't playing well at this time of the year. We played well last year at the beginning of the year. And we lost our mojo. And Parramatta's pretty much in the same boat. 
as to what happened to us last year. They just can't do it for 24, 22 weeks, not when you're learning how to do it. Wayne, they obviously had the chance to draw level in the second half and shot a goal, hit the post. How, how big a moment was that, do you think? Yeah, it was huge, it's, but it's what it's what you need out there, a little bit of luck, a decision going your way, a bounce of ball going your way. Uh, you know, we had a bit of luck there, and we, but we capitalised on that bit of luck. And that's what it's about as well. If you're not there around the ball or making the effort, you'll never have any luck. So, yeah, it, it's, it was a big moment in the game, but it was a few of those. There was one that went, went our way. What's impressing most about Jackson Paulo in his debut year? Oh, he hasn't impressed me too much until tonight. <laughs> Wayne, you talked about how hard it is to stay for the entire year. The, the Panthers have managed to do that. What have you made of uh, their season today? To be honest, the least watched team I've watched probably all season. We played them early in the season at Dragons and we hadn't come across them again. And, and I, I really, honestly, I don't know. Are you planning to do a bit of catch-up over the next... Yeah, I have to do that, of course I will. But I'm honestly, I'm telling you honestly, I have not, I've hardly looked at them because, you know, we just never seem to be playing teams. A lot of times you'll play teams that that um, go on through the round and you look at the vision and that and you'll see other teams that they're obviously playing. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen the team that we've played all season play Penrith. How different are you from the team that, that played them in round seven? Well, we, we, we've been getting better. Okay, the round seven team's not the round, the, the major semi-final team we've just seen in the night. Is it much more weight in the... Well, I think we played about 70% of our ability tonight. I thought we were better last week. So we're going to have to find a bit more. There we go. That's uh, Wayne Bennett talking at the press conference last night. And, of course, he said in that press conference he thinks his bunnies last night were only at 70%. So it sets it up for a blockbuster next week, boys, which is Penrith and Souths and, of course, uh, Melbourne and Raiders. Don't know who gets through, but we'll have those games for you live on the Triple M NRL Network. While I think about it, boys, my poll, the poll today at Triple M NRL Facebook or at Triple M underscore NRL, who wins the grand final? Is it Souths, Raiders, is it Melbourne? Is it Penrith? Is it Roosters? Oh, hang on. Roosters are gone, aren't they? That's right. They can't win it. This year. Oh, aren't you a they poor winner? Can, yeah, they hey? can't win it this year, Roosters. I told you you had a little extra step in the Havianas today, yeah. a little extra mm. spring. Mm. The yeah. Bunnies have won and the Chooks got bundled out. Yeah, that's a Haven't shame. you ever heard about being a good sport? No, I haven't, actually. Have you ever thought about being a good sport? Huh? Mm. Yes, I have, mm, Anthony. Okay. Notice that you'd taken to... Don't put to... the slipper in. No, I don't. Don't put the slipper would... into the chooks, mate. They've right. won the last two mm-hmm. comps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're a champion side. No, they, they had a red hot crack. Joking. They went down swinging. Mm. And you want to sit here and line up to put mm. the slipper no, in. No, I don't. I was a little... Mate, and that's not a defence nice. anymore, yeah. Anthony. Every time you say something stupid, you go, oh, I was joking. Oh. I was only kidding. I was only joking. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work me in school, did it? see again. That didn't help me in school. As you heard, if you play the audio, one more and I said I was joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. How about I was you? Joking. Why don't you? Why don't look, <laughs> you gonna... mate? You know what? I'll say it. I wasn't going to say it. I because you know I'm only allowed to badmouth you guys now when the news is on when I can let let everything off my chest at home. <laughs> but mate, your side, the Gold Coast Chargers or whatever they are this week, Dolphins. right? They won five games. You carried on like they've won. You know, they, like they uh, compared to the St George side of the fifties and sixties. And in that five games, who did they beat? The Dogs. The Dragons, who who the Knights? The Knights, the Knights of fodder. They were fodder in the end. Manly, Manly. Well, there you go. Listen, you're just bitter, mm. right? Yeah. Because you made a silly, foolish bet, mm. which you've got a long that. and decorated history of doing. Yeah, and then you weren't able to come good on it, and yeah. you've been getting jibed about it ever since. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. Let me just say this too. Because people are stopping you in the streets and asking you about it. I know they are because you've told me. People are stopping your me in the said, streets. Your son said, should I change your name to mum in my phone? Yeah, he did <laughs> say that. He did. But people are stopping me in the streets saying, when are you blokes going to stop talking about these stupid bets? It's boring. It's putting oh, me to sleep. They are. Move oh. on. Well, you want to be careful because that'll be the end of you if that's the case. <laughs> I told that's you to go out you, last night and get on the drink, didn't I? That's about all you bring. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, look, here's my poll again. Triple M's Maroons poll. Who wins the grand final? Rabbitohs, Penrith, Melbourne or the Raiders? Uh, Triple M Facebook or Triple M NRL Facebook or Maroon or at Triple M underscore NRL. I'm going to obviously say the Bunnies, but we'd love to hear what you say in our poll as Triple M rocks the finals. 
from Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. And welcome back. We do it thanks to Bryden's Lawyers rocking the NRL finals. The grand final, of course, we will do Origin for you as well, right across the Triple M network, Triple M Cairns, the beautiful Townsville, Fraser Coast, Sunny Coast, Mackay, Brisbane, Toowoomba, the beautiful Gold Coast. We love the Goldie. Port Macquarie, Moffs Harbour, Newcastle, Central Coast, down into the Riverina through uh, Triple M Wagga, uh, Triple M Griffith. Hello to Simon, all the gang down there at Kadimo Machinery. And, of course, got the Central Coast, Newcastle, did I say? And the, the jewel in the crown, only because we're Sydney boys, the beautiful 104.9 Triple M Sydney. As I say, we do it for Brydens. Let's have a look at Parramatta now, boys, who will bow out again. They haven't won the Premiership now since 19. 19- 86, this we thought might have been the year. Um, and it's just, uh, well, they're going great, Parramatta. Where do you think it went wrong, Hoops? Uh, I think they plateaued, Anthony. So yeah. as we discussed uh, a little bit earlier in the program, you know, they were flying when they came back from COVID and, uh, you know, they were the only side that beat Penrith all season. Uh, they were really competitive against the Chooks in what was also an epic game um, after the COVID resumption. And then just slowly you could see that their energy levels dropped slightly. They weren't able to put a consistent 80 minutes together as much. And I think, uh, to put it bluntly, Mitch Moses plateaued as well. Mm. Like uh, he was missing for a number of weeks with that calf injury, and then when he returned, he he wasn't able to get his mojo back uh, to the point that he had as much control and as much influence. And the wheels fell off. I think Parramatta's season is symbolic of that penalty conversion attempt last night. Okay, <laughs> and what I, what I mean by that is there was. Uh, uh, an, an ignorance of the one percenters in the game. Those little things that you just got to cross your you know, T's and dot your I's. And, and to not have anybody there who could chase a, a ricochet off a goal play. I know he, he could have tossed it over mm. from where he was. Mm. But the fact that Parramatta had nobody there is just symbolic of, of what happens at Parramatta. When things are going all right, they just seem to to assume that the, that the little things are going to work for them. And then, and then when, when you get to that stage where you have that assumption that, look, we don't need to worry about that anymore because that just takes care of itself, they're the things that, like, the Melbourne Storm and the Sydney Roosters never do. They always make sure that their attention to detail is first class and Parramatta's attention to detail, it just it, it wanders in and out. And that, I think they pay the price because they have been inconsistent for the last however many rounds, and they don't work on that consistency. And that consistency comes with those little effort plays, those little things that you, you assume everything's okay. And as Gordon often says, you, know, you don't go, you know, what is a good... Case you needed. Case you needed. Mm. You know, that's, where, that's where Parramatta fell over. And, and that, 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 was, that, did, that did turn the game. The mm. Rabbitohs got the ball last night and went the length of the field and scored up the other end. Like, that's just... That's unforgivable for a first grade side yeah. to make that sort kind of error. Not have because they've all walked back, waiting for the the kickoff to start. It was just they needed just you don't need everybody there, but you you got to have some there. Mm. And yeah, they, they 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 think their job's done, and it's well said, Paul. Because for me, that six mi- minutes of brilliance, all the big plays, Parramatta are really good at. They're really good at. But then the next time we go up there, Gutho throws the ball over the sideline. Mm. Adam Reynolds puts a kick in 35 metres out. And they talk about Mitchell Moses. This, this, these like these two players, Mitchell Moses and Gutherson, held a gun to the club's head and they were shopping themselves around. Remember, they were shopping themselves around f- for ages. But Adam Reynolds just puts the ball out 45 or 40 metres out. It rolls in. The, the ball goes between Gutho and the winger. They're the plays you need. They're the plays that your team need you to do. When you're turning around and you're defending and someone kicks at 40 metres and you can't run 20-odd metres to pick the ball up and get it out of your ring goal, they're the one percenters that Parramatta lack. So when you're watching Parramatta and all the fans and you're watching him go there do the dance, and it's the big play and Gutho plays good, but until he does those little things, you guys are never going to win a competition. Mm. And the big things outweigh and you go, oh, mate, geez, I hope everybody plays like him. But if he keeps on rolling the ball behind him and you've got to keep on defending and you've got a big pack, 
they just can't hold on anymore. Yeah. Something's going to give and you're going to leak points. Individually, Gordon, they had some great performers over the course of the whole season. Mm. Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell-Gillard, yeah. Reed Marnie, Nathan Brown. They all Gutherson, had, Moses. Yeah, yep. Gutherson and Moses. Put them in there as well. They had gangbuster seasons, but it doesn't seem as though collectively they can get it done as a team, and they play in patches. As you touched on, that six-minute window where they're red hot and, and – you know, they peg back that 8-0 deficit and all of a sudden it's 18-8 and they've got all the momentum and they've had all the possession and Junior Paulo's offloading to create yeah. tries and, and, and second phase and all that sort of thing. And then the minute that they get a little bit of the acid put on Absolutely. and it becomes a contest again, well, they go away from what they were doing well. Dare I say, for the old Parramatta fans, and I'm one of them, like... They need a bit of Ray Price. They need a bit of Nathan Hindmarsh. We put a lot of shit on Nathan Hindmarsh, but he was around the ball so much. Worker. No one wanted to win more than that guy that ever played for Parramatta. I'm sure Ray Price and all those guys did win, but Nathan Hindmarsh is in, you know, the best 17 Parramatta players of all time. They need a bit of him in there where they just go just in case they're needed. And I just watch it and then... You know, the game and they got so much brilliance and you're sitting on the edge of your seat and that six minutes of footy, like, it's so good and you love watching them, but it's the little things that just let them down and it lets them down each week. And we always say that they're front foot, you know, players. Yes. And that's because they're not good at doing the stuff that no one sees, that that that's not written about. You mentioned Ray Price. He would never have let that kick no. ricochet no. off the goalpost mm. the way that it, that it did. Well, didn't he used yeah. to stand there? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He always stood there in the yeah. Boys, um, what about – you spoke and about – he had Mick Cronin kicking for him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he never missed. Mitch um, Mitch Moses, 20, he's only turned 26 four or six weeks ago, and uh, Mitchy Moses, where is he at in his career? Is he the answer for the Eels going forward, do you think? I, I think that's going to have to be a, a real – solid conversation that Brad Arthur needs to have. Now, we know what happened last year. They had uh, Mitch Moses and Corey Norman there who were uh, competing for the dominance in the side, and it didn't work out, and Brad Arthur had to make a call. He got rid of Corey Norman, gave the turn to Mitchell. But Mitchell, Mitchell to, to the point what we're, I think we've been no, talking Norman about. Was gone. Sorry, Norman the year was before, gone last year. year yeah. before. Um, but to the point of what Parramatta are trying to do, I think that's, that's where... Parramatta, that's where their problem is. They're inconsistent. They're inconsistent in the in their uh, their play and their, their game plan. So what happens is, is is they're playing when they go on that roll and they get out to what was eighteen eight. It yep. was eighteen eight. They got it out to okay, and they just went boom, 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 three tries and quickly went it. Now and this this is where I think South have been advantaged in the past two weeks uh, against Parramatta and also against Newcastle is that what happened is both those teams, and, and Knights are a little bit of a similar team, that when they started to score those points, it's almost like the attitude was, all right, we're, we're right now, and they wanted to continue playing that way. Mm. Now, they had a bit of luck that went their way. They had luck go their way, and they had just individual performances of brilliance that, that just worked for them, a couple of breaks and all the rest of it. But what they needed to do was then to then just sit down and go, okay, let's just stick to our game plan and let's just play patient and let's just kick to the corners and we'll take the lucky breaks as they come. But you know when you, you play, when you're a kid playing and once you go to the top, you start scoring a few points against the opposition, you just want to be all out of attack. You're like a, a pub fight. No mm. defence, it's all attack from that moment on. And that's, where, that's what I think both sides did against South the past two weeks. South Sydney's in both, in, in both instances were able to absorb what came at them Regroup and come back, and and if you if you lose your grind against South, they'll beat you every day of the week. South are the last team you want to get out of the grind in against because once they're out of the grind, you just it comes into a, a shootout. Mm. They'll get you, and so so Parramatta went out, played tough, fell behind, then all of a sudden, boom boom, three tries, they're going okay. What they needed then was to say, look, guys, let's calm down. Let's get back to just our game plan, kick to the corners, keep muscling up defensively. Let's just keep doing what we need to do. But instead, they, they wanted to then start playing footy. And again, if you can't defend your mistakes, don't play that kind of footy. And Parramatta couldn't defend their mistakes. One, they worked, pass a stuck for, th- for three tries. But after that, a couple of errors came their way and they couldn't defend it. And they just invited South back into the game. To your question, Roy, Mitchell Moses, uh, Maroon, like – 
early on in that contest last night, Mitchell's uh, bombs, his high kick, they're sensational. Like, oh, he makes it so difficult. He gets that much velocity and he gets them up that high in the air that fullbacks and wingers have enormous trouble uh, trying to stay ahead of the game in that respect all night. But his greatest strength is, is his running game. And when the Eels were going at their best earlier this season, it's when he was running the football. And you remember there was a game where he scored a chip and chase try um, mm. over the top off a scrum at one point. He was being really, really dominant. I felt as though uh, towards the back end of the year, Dylan Brown was a more dominant player who was prepared to take some risks, run the football more. And you go to last night, Dylan Brown had 11 runs, 128 Mitchell. 128 metres. Mitchell had three for 28 metres. And when he did run the football, Parramatta looked dangerous. Boys, before we leave Parramatta, um, we haven't touched much on Jennings. Um, so we just need to talk about this uh, issue, Gordy, Paul and Hoops. Now, their club was rocked yesterday with the news. or It came out that um, that Michael Jennings had tested positive to a, a banned substance in the NRL. So, obviously, one of their more experienced players has to pull out of the game on the back of losing Sivo and on the back of losing Blake Ferguson. But, you know, not just the fact that he wasn't there, the, the allegations that have been made against him. Oh, it had to rattle them. It had to rattle the Eels to the core yesterday because they're already missing two of their best big-name wingers who do so much work for them coming out of yardage. And Jennings had also, especially over the course of the last month, uh, had started to really recapture some of his best form. He's one of their better defenders uh, in terms of uh, edge defence. And so to lose him, look, absolutely critical. Uh, in terms of the allegations, look, he's adamant that he's going to try and fight them, but essentially um, he's tested positive to a banned substance and so as a result, um, if he if he can't prove that it wasn't in his system, well, he's looking at a four-year ban. Simple as that. I tell you, it, it, it's a real problem for the game. That, that's three now in the past yeah. 18 months, mm. roughly. Uh, now, in each instance, it's been a claim of naivety. Uh, my understanding is whatever... I, I, look, you get the, the, the chemical sort of name for it, uh, the metabolic... It's ligandrol, which is yeah. what Shana Jack, Seguiaro... Now... Is there another one as well who's gone positive to it recently? Um, they're, Certainly they're Shana the Jack and Seguiaro, the big two out here in Australia. But the fact is, if you're... So now you can't buy this in Australia, this drug. You have to buy it from overseas and they, they, they mail it to you. That's... Firstly, that's a concern. Okay. But the second part to that is this. If if you haven't read the paper and read about James Seguiaro and Shana Jack, mm. both both going, both claimed innocence and, and mistakes, and Seguiaro's is a different explanation than Shana Jack. Shana Jack, well, she was taking it, and while she was taking it, they changed the rule to make it illegal. But come on, you got to – I don't know how many times these guys get all the education, all the advice – I, I, it's very hard to say. Well, look, I didn't know it was illegal. But are we? Is it? Is am I to understand? It's as basic as a professional sports person just deciding they will run the gauntlet. No, 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 not really. No, because this was a legal supplement at some points. It was a legal sup, supplement, ligand, ligandrol, I think it's called. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and it, then at some point, and it was only um, following was it the Commonwealth Games. Two years ago? I think so, yes. It was yes. roughly around then that they the WADA changed mm. it and put it on the ban list. But it's been there long enough now and it's been in the headlines often enough now that I don't think ignorance is, a, is an excuse yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I, look, I, I would put it on – look, the, the, every player is given a, a hotline number. You ring the yeah, – uh, Absolutely. It's now called Sport Integrity Australia. You ring them up and you say – don't even have to give your name. You say, look – Am I allowed to, if I'm a professional athlete, yeah. am I allowed to take Ligandrol? And they and, ask you what code. They say NRL, AFL, yep, you whatever. Say, what you sport say what sport it is. You don't even need to identify yourself. And, and they tell you, no, you're not allowed to take it. Okay. We'll leave it there, boys. We'll take a break. There's plenty of other things to talk about. Uh, but Parramatta, they Anthony, bow out again. can I again. take 4X gold? Uh, I think you can, mate. I don't think <laughs> – I think it's the quantity. Just, the quantity. I just want to make sure it wasn't be ruined. No, it's the quantity is the issue. Uh, boys, we're going to take a break <laughs> and we're going to come back and lighten things up with a little thing called I Call BS. As Triple M rocks the finals. Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Woo! The Triple M 
Sunday Sydney. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. We do it thanks to Bryden's lawyers. We've got those big games for you on air here next weekend, and that's all thanks to Tyre Power. The scores over the weekend: Raiders twenty-two, Roosters eighteen, South thirty-eight, Parramatta twenty-four. Good news is, boys, at two o'clock this afternoon, the Bledders low is on, which is great because I've got to tell you, Kenty, I love the soccer. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. I tell you what, I think any competition where Australia hasn't won for seventeen years, wow, and it's only a two-team competition. Mm. Uh, I think it pretty much is on the the verge of irrelevance. Yeah, but people could say this origin's only a two-team competition. Yeah, but 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 at least it's competitive. Mm. Australia have not won the Bledisloe Cup mm-hmm. since two thousand and three. It's becoming the America's Cup. Yeah, are we any chance of winning it today? Because <laughs> I'll jump on if we're going to win. I'll jump. I'll go yeah. past. Uh, save your cash. And buy a the jumper. All Blacks. Huh? Save your cash. They're playing the All Blacks. Uh, no, it's embarrassing that it, that in a. a a country like Australia, where there's so much money put into rugby, they can't jag a win. Mm. They can't mm. jag the win. They, they haven't won for 17 years. Yeah. Like, it's a two-team competition, and it's dominated by one team. Are I they a that, chance today? Unlikely. They can fluke yeah. a win, but, but yeah, we, look, we don't really know. There's been nothing happening with COVID and whether you go in underdone. I know they've been playing the championship and all the rest of it, but the fact is... The Australian rugby still don't know why they're not getting it right. Mm. They, haven't, they haven't got it right since the World Cup. They have not got it right. They, they took all their money out of grassroots when they when they had $40 million in the bank after 2003 World Cup, and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to be real clever here, and all this money we're not going to waste, we're going to put into elite pathways. So they stopped funding just grassroots footy, and they put it all into elite pathways, which means they basically have to have talent identified 14 and 15 and be pitch perfect, which they're not. Therefore, they, you know the little, little flowers that grow out of the cracks in the concrete? Yep. You don't get them in rugby anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you've done your I call BS. The rest of us will do it after this. Triple M Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Woo! The Triple M Sunday Sydney. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, all across the finals and origin, but right now time for this. From the makers of The Earth is Flat and I'm Only Having One Beer comes... I call BS. Yeah, well, we've all got one today, boys. I, I just, this one I'm going to give to people as a warning or advice. Don't do this to people... When the finals are on, like my wife Christine did to me last night, we went to the football, watch our Rabbitohs play. She has a couple of wines and she sits down in the grandstand with me and she talks about the granddaughter's getting another tooth or the daughter's angry at the husband, she's off him, or we need new carpet upstairs or the garage is a mess. There Any other time in the day, you can tell me that, just for the two 40-minute things while the footy's on, I call BS on people that want to talk to you when the footy's on. If you see me at the footy, please, can we just watch the footy? <laughs> you know, I mean, and people go and tell her what I said. I, I'm, please go and tell her because <laughs> oh, this has oh, got yeah. to stop. People oh, talking oh, to you when you're man. watching the footy. Oh, oh, darling, darling, I was only joking. You've got to listen oh, to one more second. I can empathise with you there. Yeah, I mean, really. Oh, I, 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 I can, I can empathise yeah. with you there. I yeah. remember watching uh, one of the preliminary finals last year it was. I was sitting on the couch at home and, and my wife, she started talking about politics and climate change and <laughs> I was trying to watch Souths and the Raiders. Any other time. Can I just have this mm. little window here and then we can get back to that a little bit later on. <laughs> All the important stuff. Yeah. Good. Well, we finally agree on something, Hoops. There you go, Anthony. Mm. First mm. time for everything. Have you got a call? Now, I've heard, uh, while we're on the subject of last night's match, is yeah. this right? You were approached by several fans about trying to take selfies out <laughs> no, there last several. night in the yeah. Chairman's Lounge the in South? One all year, and that was that one last night. Right. Yeah. And, and then he took there's, the... there's unconfirmed reports that then he had to come back and ask who you were. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> he took the right? photo with me, and he comes back and goes... I don't want to sound like, you know, ignorant, but, uh, you know, like, what radio station are you on anyway? <laughs> <laughs> so he'll wake up this morning and go, who's this old bloke i got a photo with? He thinks he's got uh, Moon Man in the morning. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say Billy Jean King. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, there's his older brother. <laughs> <laughs> Who else wants to call? I call yeah, BS. Yeah. I'll, I'll call BS. So, look, the Broncos made a big announcement with uh, Kevin Walters being appointed the new head coach. Yeah, great result for the game, the club, uh, champion of that particular club, won five premierships while he was there. But I want to call BS on the executives who are running the joint at the moment because of all these stories that are being published about Craig Bellamy possibly coming in in 2022 as a coaching director. Rather than give Kevy what every other coach who has ever been appointed to that lofty position, which is a full-blown press conference in the boardroom, in Broncos blazers, all that sort of thing. Kevy had to go and find a polo shirt from the apparel store and then an old student and he essentially organised all of the media himself. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I just reckon yeah, they've, they've dropped the ball badly there. Mm. All right. Uh, Paul, would you like to call BS? Oh, you've kind of done already with the... Oh, bl- you took me thunder with the, uh, yeah, the, the bladders there. Look, mm. I'll... I'll Oh, I'll rest on my laurels there, Anthony. And Gordon. Uh, well, don't be yeah, I was watching yeah. the girls' game yesterday. Oh, yeah, I watched that. Yeah, uh, the Broncos versus the Dragons. And, it was a, and you know, one thing, the quality of football is outstanding. But one of the Broncos girls tackled a Sheila and pulled her hair. Tackled <laughs> her. <laughs> yes, oh, I, I saw that. Yes, yeah, so yeah. how can you tackle and pull someone's <laughs> hair and not get sent off? Well, send in. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if in this day and age, the technical term is tackled a Sheila and pulled her hair. Actually, while we're on that, Gordon, can I Well, He-Man was my favourite show. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a character, just a strong (laughs) character. (laughs) Can I check, Gordy, uh, that game on on Friday night, there was a moment where Charles Nickel Klockstad uh, came across and he got... Josh Morris up around the head area. There was no penalty. There was nothing. And, uh, you know, it looked as though Morris would have been a good chance of scoring had he not made that yeah. play. Did you think that they should have got a penalty for that or? <sighs> I think I think when you're going to save a try, you go as hard as you mm. can. But, yeah. yeah, mate, of course, if you go if you go above the shoulders and you make contact with the head. Well, that's it. It's normally a penalty in it for any sort of contact with the any head. Any contact with yeah. the head. Yeah, so I'm not saying I love the play. It was a it was yeah. a huge play in the context of the game. The and to Nickel Clockstad, yeah. he nailed it. Um, but I did think the Roosters were a little bit unlucky there not getting a penalty. Okay, we need to take a break, boys. We're running really late here. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back talk about Raiders-Roosters game. We'll talk about some NRL news as well. We're right across the finals like stink on a monkey as Triple M rocks the footy. <laughs> Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.